Is your sales team unable to close deals because you don't have a SOC 2 report? Or do you have a SOC 2 report that is being managed by a team of employees every year? Well, we have a solution for you. Fanta has built connected software that makes it easy to both get and renew your SOC 2. With Fanta's continuous monitoring solution, you avoid hosting auditors on site and you avoid capturing screenshots, proving that you are compliant. Vanta partners with over two dozen AICPA accredited audit firms who are all trained to file your SOC 2 report directly inside of Vanta at a fraction of their normal cost. Hundreds of companies like Lattice and User Testing are leveraging Vanta today to streamline compliance and focus on building their businesses. Equity listeners can redeem a $1,000 off coupon at vanta.com slash equity. That is vanta.com slash equity. Hello, this is Alex, and you are listening to Equity Monday for September 21st, 2020. As we get started today, U.S. tech stocks are selling off again, continuing last week's declines. Perhaps the sell-off is now getting big enough to be worried about. Also, the Oracle, TikTok, Walmart, ByteDance deal is slowly coming into focus, though of course some tensions remain about the details. More on that in just a second. And Nikola founder Trevor Milton is going to step down from being a member of the board of his company and also from his role as executive chairman, according to essentially every financial publication you can read this morning. Nikola has come under pressure recently from a short seller who published a report detailing a series of alleged lies at the electric vehicle company. Nikola has admitted to some of the allegations but denied others. News of Trevor Milton's changeup, if you will, have sent shares of Nikola down 28% in pre-market trading. That is what is top of mind this morning. Welcome back to the work week. Here at TechCrunch, we are getting back into our post-disrupt groove after a relatively busy last week. But of course, there are IPOs coming up. There's lots going on, so make sure that you are plugged in and caffeinated. Now, before we start, Equity is back on YouTube. You can check that out at youtube.com slash TechCrunch for clips of the show and all that kind of good stuff. And of course, follow Equity on Twitter at twitter.com slash equitypod. And with that, let's begin. So what happened over the weekend? Well, as you probably knew, the TikTok circus has continued. The latest drama surrounds what is actually in the TikTok, ByteDance, Walmart, Oracle deal that will see the creation of a US-based company associated with TikTok's operations. Some issues that were in contention over the last couple of days included, you know, who would retain control of the new US-based company? Uh, Would it go public? And what was that $5 billion payout all about? Well, Luckily for us, TechCrunch's Read Allow has put together a piece that is fantastic and goes over the core things. What I have done is steal from it the key important bits. So I'm going to read to you bits of Rita's post to catch you and I both up to where things are as of this morning, though of course by this afternoon, who knows. Okay, ByteDance is still the owner. China's ByteDance confirms it will retain an 80% stake in TikTok after selling a total of 20% to Oracle its, quote, trusted technology partner, and Walmart, its, quote, commercial partner. TikTok seeks U.S. IPO. TikTok confirms it's seeking an initial public offering in the U.S. in an effort to, quote, further enhance corporate governance and transparency. No algorithms transfer. In line with the previous reports, ByteDance will not be handing over TikTok's algorithms or technologies to Oracle. Instead, the American database giant will gain the authority to perform security checks on, quote, TikTok's U.S. source codes. Five billion in tax dollars. ByteDance estimates that TikTok will pay a total of $5 billion in income tax and other tax dollars incurred in the U.S. 
to the U.S. Treasury in the coming years. Nonetheless, the final figure is contingent on TikTok's, quote, actual business performance and the U.S. tax structure, the parent company said, stressing that the tax money had nothing to do with the ongoing deal. Aha! This appears to be, this figure, this $5 billion number, to be where the Trump administration got the idea that somehow ByteDance was going to pay the U.S. government $5 billion. ByteDance vehemently disagrees, and now we're in a bit of a muddle. The question is, will the, I don't know, situation, which I'm sure the Trump admin will view as a slight, be enough to upend the U.S. side of the transaction? I don't think so, but, you know, it's 2020. Who knows? Now, do you have all that? Good. Now we can get into some more fun, less insane stuff. Let's go. So turning over to funding rounds, kind of the meat and potatoes of this particular podcast, there were lots and lots and lots to talk about this morning, more than I've seen in weeks. So if you were a little bit annoyed by the September slump or the August lull, whatever you want to call it, the summer hiatus that didn't really come, it appears that we're back to normal. So here are a couple funny rounds that caught our eye as we woke up, poured coffee over our heads and tried to make a podcast. So let's talk about the Mobile Premier League, or MPL, which has raised $90 million in a new financing round. It's a two-year-old Bangalore-based esports and mobile gaming platform that has a lot of growth and is looking to expand outside of India. So who put money into it? Uh, let's see, SIG, RTP Global, MDI Ventures, those were the leaders. And there's also money in there from Sequoia India, Go-Ventures, and Base Partners. And according to reporting over at TechCrunch.com, MPL was valued between $375 and $400 million pre-money, according to a person familiar with the matter, at $400 plus $90, $500 million, give or take, so about a half billion. Call it a, a, you know, a half unicorn, I suppose. Maybe it's horn got snapped. Anyways, cool to see esports doing well. Love to see rounds in India. Excited about that one. Turning to a different company, Babbel, the popular Berlin-based online language learning service, announced that it has now sold 10 million subscriptions to its service, according to TechCrunch.com. So kind of a European startup growth story that we read. And then the next thing we read was that Kindred Capital, uh, a London-based venture capital firm that backs early stage founders and companies in Europe, closed a second seed fund worth 81 million pounds. So, oh, look at that. You know, Europe looking nice and active this morning. And then adding to that narrative via Moby Health News, and I quote, Swedish firm Joint Academy has raised $23 million in Series B funding for its clinical evidence-based digital treatment for chronic joint pain, which connects patients with licensed physical therapists. A good week for the continent, then, is our read. Always good to see a cluster of funding rounds in one particular place to let us know where the action is, and in this case, it appears to be in Europe. All right, so for our deeper dive this morning, let's go back to the start, and let's talk about Nicola. The growing set of issues at the company make it plain that there are, let's say, unanswered questions about its operations and its ability to be clear with the truth and you know, that it has a history of, shall we say, grandiose pronouncements. Are we really shocked that Nikola went public via a SPAC? I'm not. Recall that in March, Nikola merged with Vecto IQ Acquisition Corp, a great, great name for a company, going public via a reverse merger. Reuters noted at the time that the company would be valued at, quote, more than $3.3 billion in the transaction. And then the value of Nikola soared to around $80 per share. Now, today, that's all the way down to $25 from a Friday close of about $34. And it could fall even further if more allegations bear out. The recent GM deal with Nikola to buy about an 11% stake makes this all the messier. And the whole situation does very little for SPACs writ large, just as they appear ready to get their hands onto both desktop metal and open door two more kind of standard venture-backed companies. So will the Nikola situation, if you will, dampen enthusiasm for SPACs and SPAC-led deals? A week ago, I would have said no. 
I would have said, nah, you know, things are too hot. Nothing can slow this down. But then there's been some selling. Stocks are going to be down again this morning. They were down last week. They were down the week before, if I recall correctly. And so maybe some of the froth is blowing off the top of the market. And if the selling continues, things that are the most exotic will likely take the changes the hardest. Things like SPACs, especially while traditional IPOs are doing so very well in recent weeks. So while I don't want to harp on about Nikola and the Tesla boom and all that's going on, I do think it's worth keeping an eye on what happens to Nikola because it could be a bit of a harbinger for what it's to come for SPACs more generally. And before we go, there are two IPOs this week, one from GoodRx and one from Corsair Gaming that we'll have our eyes on. If I recall correctly, Palantir was going to direct list this week, but that is now pushed a week according to the sources that I can see. So this week, GoodRx and Corsair Gaming Next week, Palantir and Asana. So stay tuned. And that was Equity Monday for September 21st, 2020. We appreciate you starting your week with us. We are back Thursday afternoon and listening big breaks. Follow the show on Twitter at EquityPod or myself on Twitter at Alex. And we are back very soon.